This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I mean, I feel like this is like very existential, but isn't the world just like one big algorithm? Hello, everyone. What's up? And welcome back to the Freelance Friday podcast. Today, I am rewinding a little bit and talking about my social media strategy for 2021, what I did this year, what went well, what didn't go well, what platforms I put my focus in, all that stuff. It's going to be a little long. It's going to be a little chatty. Let's hop in. Okay, let's start with the wins on social for me. I did nearly double my Instagram again. I think I doubled last year and I doubled again this year, nearly. I I can't officially say it because I'm about 300 at the time of recording this away, but yeah, pretty much doubled on Instagram. So that's pretty exciting. It was also just my biggest year in business in general. And social is responsible for a lot of that, specifically course sales. It was my biggest year in course sales. And it was also my biggest year in coaching, even though I only coached for like less than half the year. I mean, my January was the busiest coaching month I'd ever had in my life. Flops of 2021. Well, I think one flop social wise was my Facebook group, RIP. It still technically exists, but we're planning to close it at the end of the year. It just became a really big resource drain for me. And I don't want anyone who's in that group to feel like I'm being mean and I don't love them because I absolutely do. But unfortunately, Facebook groups or any group environment, it really does require so much moderation because just one bad egg, just one spammy person, just one inappropriate comment can really ruin the entire experience. So even though 99% of the people in the group were, you know, followed the rules, were amazing. It just felt like nothing I could do, you know, no amount of moderation, no amount of posting in the group myself, of adding screener questions to the group could really prevent some of that spammy stuff. And I just didn't want that to be representative of my brand. So it's a little bit of a flop, but I also think it's just part of business. You have to make decisions on where your energy is going and Facebook groups just isn't that for me. I think the algorithm changed a lot as well, you know, back when Facebook groups kind of first had their big boom, I guess, in like maybe 2018 or something like that, I feel like I would open my Facebook and that was would be all that I would see is just groups, groups, groups. And the experience is a lot different. You know, now it's just friends and family, which I guess is what Facebook wants. And I guess it's, it's good for the user, but for groups and pages and stuff, it's not as, not as helpful, I guess. YouTube, I fell short of my subscription goal, but to be honest, it really wasn't my subscription goal. It was everybody else's. And I think that's a greater conversation about the power of letting other people influence you too much. I didn't think I would hit 100K this year. I just didn't um, because I just did the math and I knew how my growth had been in the past. But I remember I had a call like this time last year and I was at like, you know, 47,000 or something. And the guy was like, oh, so what's the goal? Like 100,000 for next year? And I was like, 
Maybe knowing that I wasn't, it just, unless I had a viral video or something, I knew that wasn't going to happen. But I do think that hearing it from so many people who thought I was going to hit hundred K this year, it kind of made it real for me. And I was like, okay, maybe I will, maybe I will. And then I'm just like, yeah, it's, it doesn't seem to be happening. I do hope to hit hundred thousand next year. And if you're watching or if you're listening on the podcasting platforms and you're not subscribed yet, please do. I know a lot of people watch channels and they just aren't subscribed to them. Just click subscribe if you don't mind. It's totally free. And then I guess my overall and truthfully, my biggest social media flop this year was just a personal thing. Like I felt really burnt out by social many times throughout this year, which I think I think every content creator kind of experiences something like that at some point, but this year it just felt really a lot rougher than it had in the past. Like this sort of, I don't even know if I'd call it a creative rut. It was just like an, an insecurity. It was, I don't, I don't even know the word for it, but some days I would feel like I'm oversharing. Like, why did I just tweet that? Why did I just show up on Instagram stories looking like that? Why did I just talk about that? And then other days I would feel like, I'm not posting enough. I'm not doing enough. I'm not creative enough. You know, again, nothing that any creative, like I'm sure most of you can relate to this, but I think this year it hit me really hard, particularly because it was my biggest year in sales. And in the past, most of my clients, I was getting clients through word of mouth, through referrals, through LinkedIn, through applying for things on Upwork. And now the majority of my business was intertwined with my personal brand. And it kind of put a pressure, it puts, it's, it, you know, this is something I'm still kind of dealing with. You know, it just puts a different, a different level of pressure, I think on performance and also getting everybody to like you, which I know is impossible. It's impossible for everybody to like you, but it's a natural human thing, I think, to want that. So that's a little bit of a flop that I'm still kind of working through. All right, so let's talk about the strategy. Well, number one, the strategy is all organic. I spent virtually zero dollars in ads this year. So that's pretty cool. I'm not against ads. I just have never built my business that way. I don't, I, I just have never really needed to. I'm definitely open to it. Maybe next year exploring ads for some of my funnels and things like that, just to see if we can reach some of our stretch goals using ads, but I didn't use any this year. And then I operate with a pillar platform, which you all know if you have been listening and watching for a while, is YouTube. YouTube really gets the majority of my energy. The majority of my content ideas start there. And then what I do is I repurpose onto secondary platforms, which for me are Instagram and Twitter. Those are pretty much the only platforms I actively post on. There's another one that I'll talk about at the end is one that I'm kind of testing, but that's pretty much my strategy in a nutshell. Now I want to dive into each of those different platforms and talk about what they do for me, what I learned about them this year, as far as content. So we'll start with YouTube. First, I'll say that I have a very detailed video on YouTube and my whole workflow of actually getting the work done, doing content research, doing marketing, you know, SEO, all that stuff. So I'll link that for you all. But in general, my strategy is to get as much of my target audience onto my YouTube channel and then over to my email list or to a course. And I also wanna back up really quick and explain why YouTube is my pillar platform and why it might not be yours. YouTube is my pillar platform because I look at my analytics, I look at Google Analytics, I look at my source and medium report, and I'll show you what it is. I'll put it up somewhere on the screen for the entire year. YouTube is the 
biggest slice of that pie. I think the second is email. Well, it's direct, which is usually usually email. It could be a lot of different places, but this is not a Google Analytics course. In general, I think my biggest referrers to my courses are YouTube and email. So those are the two places where I really put the majority of my energy. So YouTube, I try to get as many people onto my videos by creating videos about topics that they would wanna watch. You know, how to start an online business, freelancing tips, um, tools that they might use like HoneyBook, things like that. And then I will have a link in the description box to download a freebie called a lead magnet to get them onto that email list. And then there are also other links. So if people just wanna outright purchase my course, skip the whole you know, email funnel stuff, they can do that too. I mean, that's the strategy in a nutshell. Now this, was it this year? Yeah, it's been about a year that I've been doing three videos a week. Prior to that, I think I was doing two videos a week. And then prior to that, it was one video a week. So I've slowly, slowly upgraded the number of videos that I've put out. And I will say, I think it's paid off. I mean, I can get away. You all know, sometimes I'll skip an upload if I'm just feeling really burnt out or if scheduling is weird or whatever. So I can, I have flexibility. It's not like I have to post Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but I do think having that consistency has helped with my audience growth. And I also think that the numbers are just there. I've just seen more traffic. And from a revenue perspective, YouTube ads are not a big part of my revenue, but they are finally at a point where it's like, you know, this is kind of become a job, which is so strange for me to say, cause I, I just never envisioned that I would be able to say that. So thank you to everybody who watches my videos. But yeah, I think the consistency and, and treating it like a job and treating it like a business has helped with that portion as well. Okay, secondary platforms. Uh, Instagram and Twitter are really my primary two. Let's talk about Twitter first because Instagram, I just feel like I can go down a rabbit hole with that one. So I think Twitter is a thought leadership platform. I don't really like that word. It sounds so like full of yourself, <laughs> I guess, but it is. It's about building a reputation. It's about mingling, getting to know people, you know, um, and, and showing what you know, showing your expertise in whatever area you feel you are an expert in or a thought leader in. If you can't tell by the eye rolls, that's also one of the things I hate about Twitter. I feel like it's a lot of people sounding like fortune cookies and trying to sound smarter than other people. Now, with that said, what's made me love Twitter this year is I've tried to look at it as a community platform as well. I think in the past, it's almost been like a billboard for me. It's just like stamp up an ad, you know, put my YouTube link up there when I post a new video, boom, write something smart and try to look cool and add a cool hashtag to it. But nowadays I'm more like, I just want to say things that are interesting to me and I want to follow people that are interesting to me. I actually took a little break from Twitter this summer. And when I came back, what I did is I unfollowed a lot of people. I also muted a lot of people that I wasn't even following to begin with, but that were just kind of like in my circle, I guess, on that platform and would always show up in my feed. And you know what, maybe it was just their delivery was like really aggressive or they kind of seemed like really know-it-all-ish, no offense. It's just not my vibe, you know? And that really, really improved my experience on the platform. I also just started following people that I just thought were interesting. Like they didn't have to be another marketer. They didn't have to, you know, have this like picture perfect brand. They didn't have to have a bunch of followers. I would just follow people who were interesting to me and follow people who I thought were smart. And that honestly has really improved my experience on the platform. Now, as far as the content that I've been posting on there, I've been trying to write more on Twitter. I know it sounds 
silly or maybe kind of obvious, but again, in the past, I would have just posted my YouTube link and been like, here's this week's vlog, yay, hashtag. And now I try to write like little mini threads that explain some context and give a little teaser into the video. If I'm gonna do a link at all, other times I'll just try to write something that's interesting and that's useful or helpful to people in some way. I do think that words go really far on Twitter. Again, maybe this sounds obvious, but I think they go a lot further than pictures or videos or anything like that. I've also started to avoid retweets on that platform. So I used to kind of use retweets as like a crutch. I'm like, oh, I don't have anything to say today, so I'll just retweet somebody. And if I don't have anything to say today, I just won't tweet now, you know? Or if I have to retweet, or if I want to retweet, I really feel like something's really interesting, I might quote tweet it and add my own context to it. Again, I think everybody who follows you has seen the same article that you were about to retweet in most cases, if they're anything like you and their algorithm is anything like yours. So they want to hear from you as opposed to just hearing the article. You know what I mean? Lastly, I don't sell on Twitter, really. I don't do direct selling on Twitter. You know what I mean? I mean, it was just Cyber Monday. I didn't post anything about Cyber Monday on Twitter. If people really are interested in me, and actually somebody did say that. Somebody followed me recently because I, whatever, I had a tweet that went like semi-viral. Viral for me is like 100 likes. And they were like, oh, I'm interested in taking your course. They went out and found it themselves. I didn't tell them about it. You just gotta play it cool, okay? When it comes to selling, you just gotta play it cool. Okay, now the third platform is Instagram. And Instagram really does two things for me. It is a branding platform. It helps me establish my brand, repurpose my content, really just like stay top of mind for people, remind people when I have new videos, things like that. And then it is also a communication platform with my audience, with my students, as much as I don't want it to be, I don't like Instagram DMs. Like they are the bane of my existence. Sometimes I feel very hip and with it with social media. Instagram DMs are the one area that I'm like, I could be 2000 years old truly, because I don't want them. But, you know, I've come around to it. I've realized this is just how this generation, how kids these days like to communicate. Okay, DMs, not email. So I have to adapt. If I'm gonna be an online business owner in this world, in this social media world, I have to adapt. And if this is how people are coming in, we gotta take care of them. So it's really kind of customer support for me, Instagram is, which is interesting. I feel like not a lot of people talk about that, but that's definitely what it's become for me. And I will say it, it definitely, moves people down the funnel. The people who I do talk to in DMs, I move them down the funnel if they are somebody who is interested in a course or whatever. Having those conversations, being able to address their objections and all that stuff, it does help move them closer to the point of purchase. My content strategy, this is like the hot topic, I guess, about Instagram because, you know, everything's video and reels and all this stuff. And honestly, I haven't changed much of what I've done. Of course, I've experimented with reels. I think yeah, it's a good idea to test out these new features. I've had fun with Reels. I did a video all about posting Reels for a week if you wanna check that out. And yeah, I mean, I think Reels help. On the other hand though, I just started a separate account for the Online Business Launch Lab, my new course, which is open right now. So you can check that out if you want at Online Business Launch Lab on Instagram. It only has like 200 followers, but the conversion rate on it is super high and my text posts, like my Canva designed graphics that I've been posting are getting like up to 40 or 50 likes. I mean, I think that's pretty good. So 
is, you know, for 200 followers, that's, that's all, that's like 25% engagement rate. So people will say all day long, you have to post reels, photos don't work anymore. That's only true to an extent. It's true if you're just posting stuff that people don't care about. It's true if you're just, you know what I mean? Like it, at the end of the day, content is still king. So if you are posting good stuff and it's just a Canva graphic, I mean, you can still get engagement. You can still drive traffic. So you all know me. If you've been listening for a while, I the algorithm talk, I kind of just, I try to ignore it because we're in a constant algorithm. You know, I feel like, I mean, that's very meta, no pun intended. I mean, I feel like this is like very existential, but isn't the world just like one big algorithm? You know, things change, factors change, new technology is introduced and you just have to keep rolling with it and trying new things and staying relevant, right? I don't know, I'll stop. But in general, I've been doing a mix of, yeah, photos and then some reels, you know, I'm not breaking my neck over reels, I'm just posting them when I can, when I feel compelled to. I'm actually repurposing a lot from TikTok, I'll talk about TikTok next. And that's kind of been my strategy. Stories for me is still where it's at. Stories is where I post more or less every day. I have fallen off a little bit. Last year, I was really, really adamant about posting every day on stories and I've just been busy, but I do still post probably four to five times a week on stories, just saying, hey, what's up? Sharing something interesting, sharing my videos. And that's still where I get the most engagement and where I do start those DM conversations and things like that. All right, so the platforms that I scaled back on this year, I already talked about Facebook group. Facebook page too. I mean, I don't know. I was posting on there and I'm like, why? It's not driving any traffic. It's not really doing anything for me. Is it a terrible idea to just post my video link every week? No, I probably should start doing that again. But again, I just had to make decisions and I just didn't, it just isn't a priority for me this year. I also scaled back on LinkedIn, which is to be expected because like I said, the business has really shifted, you know, from being primarily service-based where I'm just doing all the things. My goal is to get as many full service clients as I could to being really online education-based. And I do think that there is a place for that content on LinkedIn that I probably will explore with the Online Business Launch Lab page on LinkedIn. I do have one for it. I haven't started posting on there yet though. I'll probably experiment a little bit on LinkedIn, see how that goes, but it just wasn't a big focus this year. And I pretty much am on LinkedIn as my person just to like respond to things people tag me in and you know keep up with my old colleagues at previous jobs and things like that. Okay, and then what I'm still testing is TikTok. I am on TikTok at the Latasha James. I'm gonna be posting there quite a bit throughout this business season, vlogmas season. I've really been posting like twice a week on TikTok, I would say maybe once a week recently, just since I've been launching, I've been busy. Just to say I did it, I still don't understand it. So I'm not even gonna pretend to give you advice. I mean, I could probably do another video on TikTok. Let me know in the comments if you would like that, but I've just been having fun. Honestly, that's that's been my goal with it. I, I've just been having fun. I have had several people though on TikTok ask me questions, ask me where they can find my courses, um, ask me if I take coaching clients, say they wanna hire me. I've had several people and I only have like 400 followers on there. So it's not to say that it's, you know, not worth anything, but it's definitely not. I'm not gonna like quit YouTube for TikTok tomorrow. Definitely not. All right, so that's my social media strategy for 2021. 
and a little bit of what I plan to do for 2022. Now, speaking of 2022, today's business prompt, if you are not following along, I'll leave the Google Calendar link in the description box of the YouTube video here. Basically, post a video every day. I'm doing every weekday somewhere, Monday, Wednesday, Friday on YouTube, and then Tuesday, Thursday on TikTok or Instagram. Today's prompt, is 2022 goals. So I wanna run through these real quick. When I first sat down and outlined this episode, I was like, I don't really have any goals. And then I have like five written down. So let's run through it. First, I need to get my email funnels in order. I have so many lists and freebies and emails, and it's like, I never know who is who, and I really want to streamline them. I also really need to do better at automation. I don't know why I said it so slow, but automation, they're just kind of a mess, to be honest. And it's not that I don't know how to do it. It's just that we haven't sat down and taken the time to sort through everything. So that's definitely needs to be a project. Next, I want to upgrade my video quality and setup, I guess. I wrote that down. I think I just want to do that every year. Every year I want to get better and we are moving this year, next year. So I'm really excited about decorating my office and filming space and like making it look really cool. I'm thinking black wall. Like, let me know what you guys think of a matte black wall, at least for one of the walls to have like a black filming space. I don't know. I just noticed when I watch videos, I watch a lot of videos at night in bed, which may or may not be good but I really like it on my eyes when people have dark backgrounds. Let me know in the comments what you prefer, light and bright or dark and moody. I also got a new microphone for the podcast, so hopefully it sounds a little better. As far as brand partnerships, I would love to work with some long-term brand partners. I have a partnerships manager now, he's amazing. I love having him on the team. I love having the ability to just do what I do best and have someone else handle like the business end of that. But I definitely would like to not be doing like these one-off campaigns for two reasons. One for me, two for the brand, and three for you. The consumer really gets to know the product or the service if I'm talking about it, you know, once a month as opposed to just one time and then they forget about it. So, you know, in my dream world, like, you know, like an athlete gets sponsored by Nike or whatever. I would love that for... Canon. Canon doesn't sponsor people, so I'm just going to say Canon. Some some company like that that I use every day to be like, hey, let's do a once a month video integration or whatever. It would just make my life a lot less overwhelming in terms of brand partnerships. And then just in general, do the same like money wise. If I could do the same, obviously more is is better. But if I can make what I made this year, just by doing less, I would be really excited about that because truly this year I worked a lot. I said that recently in a video, I've worked a lot this year. I'm tired. I know that there is a lot that I could have delegated. I know that there is a lot that could be automated. So I just wanna keep doing that, you know, moving in that direction of automating things, not being so hands-on with every single aspect of the business. And my last one, I actually have a lot of personal goals. Uh, maybe I'll talk about that in a vlog or something like that. I wanna become more sustainable. I wanna start shopping more ethically, you know, basically just like wanna save the world, <laughs> no big deal. But how I do wanna tie that into the business is I would like to have a more structured plan for giving in the business. And I don't really know how this works, like legally and all of that. I donate a lot. I don't feel the need to talk about it you know, every day or to share it with anybody, but I do. I personally donate to multiple causes, both time and money. Money is the easier one for me because I don't have a ton of time, but I would like to um, 
you know, just, I don't know if it's like give a portion of sales or do, you know, a month out of the year where I do some lives for charity where you guys can donate super chats or like, I don't know. I want to do more things like that. That's a little more structured and that's kind of written down. So you all can know too, when you are purchasing things from me, that it, that it is going to a good place as well. And you can kind of feel involved in that to some extent. So those are my goals. It's a lot, right? <laughs> but I think we can do it. That's all I got today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did and you're watching on YouTube, be sure to leave me a thumbs up, subscribe, remember. Oh yeah, I guess that's my last 22, 20, 2022. Wow, I'm going to have a hard time in 2022 saying 2022. That is really hard to say. That's my last 2022 goal is to hit 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. So join the uh, the party down there and hit subscribe if you don't mind. If you are listening on the audio platforms, you can follow me over there as well. And I will see you on Monday for a new video. Bye.